Hi, I'm Chris Spizak, and this is the Words You Should Know podcast. A few stolen minutes out of your day to talk words and communication, because our daily lives are surrounded by the evolution of and the influence of words. Forget the grammar police. There is so much more to this conversation. And we're back from our summer encore series. Welcome to episode number 44. I am pleased as punch that I'm back. Though, of course, I'm not nearly as aggressive as the origins of that expression, pleased as punch. Sparked from violence, from a spiked party drink. No, well, not quite how you'd think anyhow. Punch drunk, feeling punchy, punch lines, so many stories, and we are not pulling punches in today's conversation. But first, after such a long break, let's dive into the latest in word, language, and writing news. Now you'd think when it comes to news about the English language that a few months of summer break wouldn't be that dramatic. This language of ours, or a version of it, has been around for an incredibly long time, yet we have so much to discuss. We've talked about how artificial intelligence models have been advancing when it comes to natural language processing, how GPT-3 threw the world for a loop, being able to generate sentences, poetry, news articles, textbooks, and so much more. Some people panicked. Many were excited. Many more were simply, perhaps, confused. Either way, GPT-3 from OpenAI will go down in the history books as a defining moment of transformation when it comes to machine learning and language processing. Now, in August, and I'm recording this in September 2021, so future listeners have that in perspective, in August 2021, Tel Aviv-based artificial intelligence startups, AI21 Labs, introduced a program they've named Jurassic. And Jurassic released in open beta, meaning there are far fewer restrictions for access as compared to GPT-3, which requires waiting lists and similar hurdles. With different parameters, Jurassic is said to have much more depth and expressiveness than GPT-3, but we will see what happens next. There is so much to follow with AI language technology, not only who the players are and what the technology can do, but what does this mean for the ease of creating? And included in that conversation, yes, is fake news. What does this mean for the continuation of past biases captured in the many texts these systems are using as the foundation of their learning? And on the positive side, how can these tools be used to take storytelling and communications to heights not yet imagined? More on all sides of this conversation coming soon. And speaking of discoveries that are transforming our understandings of things, did you hear that experts have recently decoded a 700-year-old King Arthur manuscript, one of the earliest versions of the tales, which had its pages recycled in the bindings of four volumes of French philosophy texts, Hidden Treasure. Now, this discovery was made in 2019, but the text has only recently been taken apart, including the roots of so much we know about Camelot, as well as some fascinating differences. A romance for Merlin? Oh yeah, that's in there. And more. 
There is so much to cover and links to everything I've mentioned are in the show notes on my website, but I'll save further explorations for the next episode. It's time to dive into today's English language history and trivia. Did you know that September 20th is National Rum Punch Day? No? Well, as I'm recording this on September 20th, maybe I'll just have to raise a glass when I turn off my microphone. Nope, no ice cubes clinking in the background this moment, but cheers to you all the same. The word punch, as in the drink, most likely comes from a Sanskrit word meaning five. Why five? Well, it said the drink was originally made from five ingredients, alcohol, sugar, lemon, water, and either tea or spices, depending on the source. High five to that? Or are you now thinking about being punch drunk? Perfect association, I know, but the expression punch drunk doesn't come from drinking too much alcoholic punch, whether at 17th century British literary salons or a 20th or 21st century frat party. Much like slap happy, which first arose in the 1930s, punch drunk was first coined in the 19-teens in reference to mental impairment after repeated blows to the head. Yikes. I know there's a lot of history there, but boxing is simply not my sport. Punch drunk, slap happy, yes, both likely going back to boxing. So punch, the drink, comes from Sanskrit. But punch as in a jab, as in a one-two punch, body blow, or any other version of a forceful strike, this word comes from a Middle English word meaning to emboss or pierce. Think about a hole puncher and you'll see the connection. Then jump that forceful piercing or embossing action into a verb form with your fist? And there you go, right? At least that seems to be the story. Punch actually shares a similar etymological root with the word pounce. The feline equivalent of a punch? Pounce? Maybe. There's a linguistic connection you might not have seen coming. Are you feeling pleased as punch that this is all coming together? Well, me too. But that saying with punch adds even more to this conversation. Pleased as punch actually has a capital P with punch. And if that's not enough of a hint for you, let's go back in time and back to the UK to talk about punch and Judy shows. As in marionettes and later hand puppet shows. Punch and Judy were once named along with double-decker buses, Sherlock Holmes, and bowler hats as icons of England. What do you think? Do you agree? Now the character punch is famously violent. Hilariously so, well, I'd personally put that one up for debate, but he brought generations of audiences to laughter. But his name, Punch, didn't come from his blows. His name comes from the popular character in an Italian mass comedy show, Punchinello. And this character's name likely came from an Italian word for chicken or chick. Not because of any note of cowardice, but because of his beak-like nose, which did also segue over to the British puppet punch. And the idea of a punch line, as in the end of a joke that brings it all together? This also comes back to Punch of Punch and Judy fame. Punch was the one who always got the line to end the joke. So the punch line has nothing to do with a thrown punch to finish the bout. It's all about Punch, the puppet, getting the final word. For better or for worse. Though perhaps Charles Dickens punched it all up a notch. Because rather than writing pleased as punch in David Copperfield, he wrote the expression proud as punch, still uppercase P, which could have been his own spin or it could have been a mistake that simply stuck. But either way, he added his name into this conversation as well. Boom. Pow. Wow. And I think that's all I've got for today. Oh, it feels good to be back. Turning to this episode's language challenge, let me tell you something that doesn't jive with me. 
Or should I say, let me tell you something that doesn't jibe with me? Oh, I could finish this sentence in so many ways. But if I was going to talk about something I just simply didn't agree with, how would I spell that word? If something doesn't jibe with you, if something doesn't jive with you, I know there is a lot of conflict in the media these days, but I have caught this expression wrong in more news reports and opinion pieces than I can name lately. Do you know the answer? Double check yourself. The answers, as always, can be found on my website, getagripponyourgrammar.com. And as a reminder, free downloads of fiction editing cheat sheets, family story writing references, and business communication tips are also available at getagriponyourgrammar.com. Finally, turning to my personal updates. I've been referencing for a while a big project on the horizon, and folks, I cannot contain the excitement to announce here that my debut novel is coming in 2022 from Wyatt McKenzie Publishing. Yes, this is my fourth book, but it's my first in fiction. The Baba Yaga Mask is a tale of two contemporary sisters on a wild goose chase across Eastern Europe to find their lost grandmother who is obsessed with Baba Yaga folktales and how they can solve all the world's problems. And in these sisters' chase, they not only uncover their family's World War II past in Ukraine, but also a greater understanding of themselves, each other, and so much more. Everything I love is wrapped up in this novel. Language, the power of stories, words that change the world, family, histories. Stay tuned for more details. And no matter whether it's National Rum Day when you are listening to this or not, I am raising a glass to how powerful storytelling and communications can indeed change the world when we give it our best shot. Aren't words fun and fascinating? I think so. If you do too, you can have even more English language exploration sent directly to your inbox once a month. Learn more and sign up for my newsletter at getagriponyourgrammar.com. Yes, there's the title of my first book again, Get a Grip on Your Grammar. We all need to sometimes, don't we? And beyond my monthly newsletter, Get a Grip on Your Grammar is also a great place for free downloads and to learn more about my books, Get a Grip on Your Grammar, the novel editing workbook, the family story workbook, and the Baba Yaga Mask, coming soon. Thank you so much to those of you who have taken the time to review or rate this podcast. And if you haven't, why don't you head over to wherever you listen and do so. I am so grateful for it. Until next time. Words. Language. Communication. We've got this.